0: John Calvin argues that the tribulations we face in life serve a divine purpose, to detach us from the allure of the material world and refocus our aspirations on eternal heavenly life. According to Calvin, human nature is inherently inclined to be engrossed in worldly matters such as wealth, power, and pleasure. This preoccupation blinds us to the ultimate purpose of our existence, which is spiritual and eternal. To awaken us from this spiritual slumber, God allows us to experience various forms of suffering and loss. These hardships expose the vanity and transient nature of earthly pleasures and possessions, compelling us to reconsider what truly matters. Whether it's financial difficulties, social conflicts, or personal losses, these trials serve as reminders of the impermanence and inadequacy of worldly gains. Calvin posits that only through such discipline of the cross can we gain true wisdom, and understand that the aim of life is not to seek earthly comfort, but to engage in a spiritual contest with our eyes set on the eternal rewards. In summary, Calvin believes that life's challenges are divinely ordained to shift our focus from the temporal to the eternal, teaching us to despise worldly enticements and aspire sincerely to heavenly joys. Also, Calvin contends that human beings face a dichotomy in their relationship with the earthly world. Either they must consider it as worthless or remain enslaved by an excessive love for it. Calvin emphasizes the importance of focusing on eternity to liberate ourselves from worldly attachments. He notes that the allure of the present life is so strong that it often blinds us to our own transient nature. Even when we are reminded of our mortality, such as when encountering death or walking among graves, these reminders are fleeting and do not have a lasting impact on our consciousness. Calvin criticizes the human tendency to plan for life as if we are immortal beings rooted in this world. He debates that even when we acknowledge the transitory nature of life, this understanding fails to penetrate our consciousness deeply. We continue to live in a state of complacent security, expecting an earthly immortality. Calvin suggests that it is essential for God to shake us from this slumber, to make us aware of the wretched condition of our earthly existence. Only then can we truly aspire to focus on the eternal life that is to come. In essence, Calvin calls for a reorientation of values, urging us to despise worldly attachments and to focus on the eternal. Moreover, Calvin disputes that while believers should not be overly attached to earthly life, they should also not disdain it or be ungrateful for it. According to Calvin, life on earth, despite its hardships, is a blessing from God and serves as a lesser proof of His benevolence. This life is a preparatory stage for eternal glory in heaven and it offers daily blessings that reveal God's goodness. Calvin insists that failing to recognize the divine kindness in our earthly existence is a form of ingratitude. He also accentuates that nature itself urges us to be thankful for life and its preservation. Calvin suggests that earthly life has a dual purpose. It is a training ground for the challenges that believers must overcome to attain heavenly glory and it is a realm where we begin to experience God's goodness, which fuels our hope and desire for a complete manifestation of this goodness in the afterlife. By acknowledging that life is a gift from God, believers can strike a balance. They can appreciate life without becoming excessively attached to it. This balanced perspective allows them to focus on their ultimate goal of eternal life while still valuing the earthly life that God has granted them. Furthermore, Calvin argues that as our attachment to earthly life wanes, our desire for eternal life should grow. He acknowledges the wisdom in the ancient belief that it is better not to be born or to die young, given the inherent suffering in life. However, he criticizes this view for leading to despair, as it lacks the redemptive perspective offered by faith. For Calvin, this life can be advantageous for the righteous, serving as a preparation for eternal life. He urges believers to compare earthly life with heavenly life, stating that the former becomes insignificant and even contemptible in comparison. Earthly life is likened to a place of exile, a tomb, and a prison, while true freedom and happiness are found in the presence of God. Calvin advises that while we should approach earthly life with weariness or disdain, we should not hate it except for its capacity to enslave us to sin. He affirms the importance of patience and submission to God's will, whether that entails life or death. Drawing on the Apostle Paul, Calvin contends that the ultimate duty is to glorify God, leaving the timing and circumstances of our death in His hands. He encourages believers to meditate on death and to long for it, not out of despair but as a release from the bondage of sin and a step closer to eternal life. Therefore the focus should be on surrendering both the length of our life and the timing of our death to God's will. In addition, Calvin addresses the fear of death among Christians, calling it a contradiction to the essence of Christian faith. He acknowledges that while it is natural for humans to fear death, this fear should be overcome by the hope and assurance that Christian faith provides. Calvin debates that death for Christians is not an end, but a transition to a better, eternal life. He criticizes those who claim to be Christians, yet dread death, stating that such an attitude reveals a lack of true faith and understanding of Christian teachings. Calvin urges believers to focus on the eternal life promised in the Scriptures, citing the Apostle Paul's encouragement to look forward to death and resurrection. He finds it unacceptable that even lower animals and inanimate objects, as described in Romans, seem to yearn for the final resurrection, while humans, who are endowed with intellect and the light of God's Spirit, fail to do so. Calvin suggests that those who fear death should read Cyprian's treatise On Mortality, or even turn to philosophical teachings that encourage a contempt for death. In summary, Calvin's main point is that a true Christian should not only accept, but eagerly anticipate death as a passage to eternal life. He disputes that this perspective is not just a mark of genuine faith, but also a source of genuine and abounding joy. Calvin concludes by urging Christians to earnestly desire the second coming of Christ, as it will redeem them from earthly suffering and grant them eternal life. Last but not least, Calvin argues that the life of a Christian believer on earth is fraught with challenges and suffering, akin to sheep led to the slaughter. This suffering is bearable only when believers lift their gaze to the eternal heavenly rewards promised by God. Calvin suggests that even when the wicked seem to prosper, enjoying wealth, honor, and pleasure, believers can find solace in the ultimate justice that will be meted out by God. The wicked will eventually face eternal torment, while the faithful will be rewarded with eternal happiness. Calvin cites various biblical passages to support his argument, including Romans 8.36, 1 Corinthians 15.19, and 2 Thessalonians 1.6, 7. He asserts that this heavenly focus is the only true consolation for believers, without which they would either fall into despair or seek empty worldly comforts. Calvin concludes by stating that the true triumph of Christ's cross and resurrection becomes apparent in the hearts of believers only when they focus on the eternal life that follows this earthly one. In conclusion, Calvin's theological perspective centers on the idea that life's tribulations serve a divine purpose to shift human focus from worldly matters to eternal life. According to Calvin, humans are naturally inclined to be engrossed in materialistic pursuits like wealth, power, and pleasure. God allows suffering and loss to awaken us from this spiritual slumber, making us realize the transient nature of earthly gains. Calvin contends that life's challenges are divinely ordained to teach us to despise worldly enticements and focus on heavenly joys. Further, Calvin discusses the human tendency to be excessively attached to the material world, criticizing our inclination to plan for life as if we were immortal. He suggests that God must shake us from this complacency to make us aware of our wretched condition and the need to focus on eternal life. However, Calvin also highlights that earthly life, despite its hardships, is a gift from God and serves as a preparatory stage for eternal glory. He debates that failing to recognize this is a form of ingratitude. Besides, as our attachment to earthly life diminishes, our desire for eternal life should grow, according to Calvin. He criticizes the ancient belief that it's better not to be born due to life's inherent suffering, disputing that this view leads to despair. For Calvin, earthly life serves as a preparation for eternal life, and its challenges are bearable when we focus on heavenly rewards. Additionally, he addresses the fear of death among Christians, stating that this fear contradicts the essence of Christian faith. For a true Christian, death should be eagerly anticipated as a passage to eternal life. Lastly, Calvin concludes by stating that the life of a Christian believer is fraught with challenges and suffering, which are bearable only when the focus is on eternal heavenly rewards. Even when the wicked seem to prosper, believers can find solace in the ultimate justice that God will deliver. Calvin's overarching message is that the trials and tribulations of life serve to reorient our values and aspirations toward the eternal, urging us to live a life in preparation for heavenly glory.